In this episode of the Motor City Hypnotist Podcast, uh, we're going to talk about something fairly serious, but I, but I still want to be, uh, you know, uh, it's not going to be too serious, but we're talking about suicide prevention, and um, I'm going to go into a couple of examples up front of things lately that have occurred in my practice. So um, we're going to talk about that and, and give you some specific things that you can do if you have a family member or you yourself might be having these types of thoughts. And as usual, we're giving away a bunch of free stuff. Hang in there. We'll be right back. Get ready for the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright, originating from the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan. He has hypnotized thousands of people from all over the United States. David R. Wright has been featured on news outlets all across the country and is the clinical director of an outpatient mental health and hypnosis clinic located just south of Detroit, where he helps people daily using the power of hypnosis. Welcome, the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright. What is going on, my friends? This is David Wright, the Motor City Hypnotist, and we are here with another episode of the Motor City Hypnotist podcast. Happy Friday, sir. Happy Friday to you, Matt. That is Matt Fox. I'm he's here. on the other side of the table. Um, he's he's drinking out of the bottle today because we only have one cup. But uh, we'll, we'll give him a break, you know. Oh, to be to be on camera right now, right? That yeah, that yeah. would be awesome. You can see, yeah, flop. You can flip the camera around. Yeah, I no thanks. They're they're good. They're good. <clears throat> so we're here in the podcast Detroit Southfield Studios. Welcome, welcome to you, Matt. Um, good week. Yeah, yeah. It's been a week. Yeah. Hey, guess what? Yeah, I still don't have a car. Oh. <laughs> boy it's just been a week no worries yeah but still that that whenever you have to go through insurance and claims and all of that it that's Ugh. such a pain it, yeah. it's it's i know i've been i've been through it, it it's, it's it's not fun it's life honestly it, it is it's, it's just you know you have to drive you know it's a strange car around and mm -hmm. you know yeah. <laughs> what, what a pain so um, hopefully that's that'll wrap up for you soon yes it will yes it will i promise yeah i'm i, I was telling matt right before the show started we're um um, so long story short, my wife really got into golf this year. She's uh -huh. never played before. Oh, okay. so she's really been, honestly, she's been, she's her improvement over the last four months, mm -hmm. just a huge, just like she was going from topping the ball off the tee about 30 yards uh -huh. to hitting consistent, like 70, hundred yard drives. Wow. So and straight. With her putter, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's no, but but she went from I, I again the whole the, I I just have to give her credit. Yeah, hopefully she's listening because otherwise I might not get the credit for it. But no, she's been great. <clears throat> and um, so long story short, I've been getting more into golf because I haven't played in years. Mm -hmm. Um, because now it's something we can do together, which is kind of a cool thing. So we went to a golf simulator last night. Okay. A place in Woodhaven in the Detroit area here called Golf X. And it 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 was fun. I mean, it's not the same. You probably know what I'm talking about. If you ever go to, if you're practicing or even on a course, when, mm -hmm. when you go to, when you drive, you can watch that ball just. Sail off to the sail right. Sail off to the right or the <laughs> left and, and hook like a, you know. Yep. Yeah. Or once in a great while, you get lucky and you hit that solid drive right down the middle for that's, a couple hundred yards. And that's and because you turned your body 90 degrees yeah, the yeah, other way. Yeah, something wrong, and it just happened <laughs> to come out that way. But seeing it, so the simulator is absolutely fun. I mean, and definitely in, 
inclement weather, that would be a good replacement just to kind sure. of help you get your swing down. But um, there's nothing like the watching the ball fly. Yep. Even if it's not straight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm Captain Slice. Uh, oh, yeah. I, again, I, I haven't played all that much. I've probably played, I can probably say 20, 30 times in my life. So. Oh, wow. Okay. So not a lot. All right. So welcome, welcome to yeah, welcome, uh, welcome to the golf. Welcome uh, to the links addiction. Yeah, let's well, say that. Welcome to the links, my friend. So yeah, that's what we did last night. So, and her and I are, are we're playing nine holes Sunday evening. Oh wow! Yeah, a little tw- twilight. Twilight. Yep. Rock on. Yep. Enjoy the heck out of that. So we will, and it's luckily it's not going to be raining since it's rained for six days straight here in the Detroit area. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no carts allowed. Oh, walk boy. only. I was going to say I don't know how bad it's going to be, but they do allow carts. You can only go 90, 90 yes. degrees. Yep. Back mm-hmm. and forth. Right. Yep. That's what that means. Yeah. So we'll see. Well, 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 fun. So anyway, um, let me tell you folks where you can find me. My website is MotorCityHypnotist.com. My social media links are Facebook and YouTube are both Motor City Hypnotist and on Twitter and Instagram, which are both Motor City Hypno. H-Y-P-N-O. And as usual, look at the show notes for the episode if you're listening. um, And you can find the link to my free hypnosis guide. And I'll throw a couple of other things in there. Um, I don't know. I'll throw some other freebies in there. Why not? Something to download or something that will help. Mm -hmm. Maybe I I haven't done the uh, hypnosis for insomnia recording for a while. I think I'll throw that out. That's fair. Yeah. We'll put that on. I'll make sure that's in the show notes. Do it. Absolutely. And... Today's episode is brought to you by Empower Your Mind for Success, A Hypnotic Guide. This is my book that has been out for about a month and a half or so now. Uh, It is available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble or anywhere, actually, that you would purchase books. It is under the, uh, so long story short, book stores, they all get their books from the same place, which Mm -hmm. is Ingram Spark. Um, So... Wherever wherever you go, you could ask for my book and they could order it for you if you're in some kind of area that, right. you know, maybe you don't believe in Amazon and you don't or have Barnes, Barnes and Noble. Noble nearby. Right. Yeah. So your bookstore can definitely order it. So I will leave information on the book in the show notes, but it is brought to you by Empower Your Mind for Success, A Hypnotic Guide, my book. And um, if you pick it up, which I would greatly appreciate, of course, I'd like you to buy it. Um, you get Kindle version is four ninety nine, paperback is nine ninety nine, mm. So not expensive. It's about 150 pages or so. It's an easy read. Couple le- yep, easy read. I think Matt got through it. I did. Yes. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Thanks for, thanks for reading that. I gave Matt a signed copy also. <laughs> I felt so special. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you helped me get to where I am today. Well, <laughs> a lot of the stuff that's in your book, we've uh, talked about Well, I know. Show. Well, that's what yeah. I mean. You, and, and I knew you reading it would be like, oh, yeah, this, this, it would totally make fit in with what we always talk about right. on the show. So, uh, yeah, it's perfect. Well done. And again, when you read the book, it's just like if you were talking, it's like in yes. your voice but yes. on paper. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So if you like what I have to say and the way I say it, yeah. you'll love the book. Mm-hmm. If you hate me, then you probably won't like the book. <laughs> I mean, just saying, you know, hopefully you don't. If you're listening, you probably you don't probably don't hate me. But what is your purpose? There's a purpose that <laughs> drives you. purpose that drives you? <laughs> Agent Smith. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I put a quote. From, just a heads up. I put a quote from agent smith in there so it's awesome yeah it is it fits in well with where 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 it's at in the book (laughs) (laughs) so yeah if you do pick up the book which i would greatly appreciate please leave a review a review on amazon because that drives more people to the book and it gets suggested more people and helps me out fair so definitely leave a review read the book let me know if you liked it and honestly if you if you'd like me to 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 um 
I'm working on ideas for for now another book. Now I got the itch to Ooh. to do another one. Okay. So if you have an, if people have ideas for something they would like to see, throw it out there because I'm open to. I'm in the brainstorming stage right now. All right. So we'll I have, see. I have an idea. I have an idea for a book yes. for you. Yes. Well, what? Three minute abs. Oh. Well, I, I'd have to get them first because mine would be, I can, I can write a book right now, three-minute ab, just one, singular, right here. Right there? <laughs> right there, one. It's one ab. It's so funny, man. I'll go back. I, I like going on tangents, but I think I told you way back one in my, in my high school and college days, I worked every summer at a summer camp. Uh-huh. And a summer camp, if you guys have ever been, it's it's a lot of activity, swimming, sports, mm-hmm. activity. I mean, you're going the whole day. It's like survival training. Beach. And I actually did at that point, and I was a skinny punk when I growing up as a teenager. I was probably, you know, five, ten, a buck fifty, you oh, know. So soaking wet. Yeah. yeah, soaking wet. So but at some point I, I was working out, I was doing all this, I was started lifting weights, I started like developing into my man body, right. which which is what I have now. But <laughs> But at one point, I did have, I kind of had a four-pack. It wasn't quite six, but there was some definition there. Yep. And somebody, um, I don't know, probably within the last, since Facebook has been around, I had an old friend who posted a picture. We were on the beach. And um, he said, hey, what happened to that that six-pack or four-pack you had? And I'm like, oh, it's long gone. It's a keg that's, now. It's never coming back. <laughs> it's a keg. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's way in history. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Pick up the book. Read it. Yes. Have fun with it yes. and leave a review. It's time. Oh, here we go. Winner of the week. That's how winning is done. Yes. All right. So this story comes from New Orleans. New, um, New Orleans. New Orleans, Lawrence Brooks celebrated Sunday with a drive-by party at his New Orleans home hosted by the National World War II Museum. Okay. The Times, the Times Picayune, the New Orleans Advocate reported. I think they're probably two papers in one. Mm-hmm. He also received greetings from Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards, who tweeted, Mr. Brooks, the entire state of Louisiana thanks you for your service, and we all wish you a joyous birthday. Uh, guess, guess, how, how, guess how old this guy is. World War II vet? Yes. Okay, he's... That was told. My, my, my grandfather was World War II vet, as was my yes. grandmother. Uh-huh. Um, God, he's got to be up there. He had to be... He's, is he a centenarian, maybe? Yeah. Really? Is he mm-hmm. more than 100 years old? Yes. How old is he? 112 years old. Oh, my God. Yes. He's seen some stuff. Yes. <laughs> He's 112 years old. Um, born in Norwood, Louisiana in 1909. Jesus. Brooks has lived in New Orleans since 1929. He was drafted in 1940. He was a private in the Army's mostly black 91st Engineer Battalion, a unit that was stationed in New, New Guinea and the Philippines and built infrastructure such as bridges, roads, and airstrips. Oh, my God. Yeah. 112 years yeah. old. God love him for that. Yeah. This year's festivities included a Jeep parade, a live performance from the museum vocal trio, and entertainment from New Orleans musicians. Huh. The city also recognized Brooks' birthday with an official proclamation. I wonder if the bands were playing ragtime. He's also, and I don't know how, I I'm, I, I'll read this, but I don't know how they verify it. I'm not doubting what they're saying, but uh, he's the oldest living World War II veteran in the United States. I would imagine at 112. But but I but I, how would you verify that, or how would you track that? 
paperwork? you know, maybe, but um, but yeah, I, I believe what they're saying, right? Uh, because I mean, I I guess yeah, if you're 112, you're probably a rarity, very much so. Yeah, I wonder what the secret is. And it's great because if I'll, I'll, the link to the story will be in the show notes as we usually put it. I always yeah. put the links to these stories in the show notes. In the picture, he's standing. They have a picture of him standing up, and he doesn't. I, I'm serious. He could be 80. Really? I, I mean, he just looks. He looks 80. There's no way he looks 112. My goodness. I wonder what his secret is. Shot of bourbon. Probably drinking. <laughs> yeah. Some drinking PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. There's that. <laughs> oh wait a minute. <laughs> The, the yeah. fuck are you uh, yeah. doing? I deserve that yeah. one. What's his name again? His name is Lawrence Brooks. Lawrence Brooks. Man, 112. Yeah, so congrats to Lawrence Brooks, 112-year-old Lawrence Brooks, the oldest U.S. World War II veteran. Wow. That's Fantastic. just cra- that's Yeah, crazy. it's a crazy. It is weird. Yeah. But but I'm good for him. So there's good job, hope. Larry. So there's hope. Or Lawrence. He might Lawrence. Not, he might not want to be called Larry. I don't know. Not not at 112. He might he might beat me down. It'd be Mr. Lawrence yes, Brooks at that point. Yeah. Or yeah. Or <laughs> I or or um. Oh, I was gonna say. I wonder if he ever got like like a uh, um. Well, officer ranking. Oh, I you know I would have. assume he probably did. He, he has a purple heart. I would imagine maybe a gold oh, star. God. I, I would know? think something. Yeah. Yeah. Because they didn't put any of those in there. But it doesn't matter. Yeah. Still served in World War II, and he's 112. Wow. Lawrence Brooks. That's how winning is done. So, so Dave. Yes. If you were 112 years old, uh-huh. what would you be doing with yourself? Oh, my God. I, I don't know, because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm 56. I don't know what I'm doing with myself. Well, you're almost there. You're halfway yeah, I, there. I know. I'm halfway there. <laughs> exactly. Man, 112. I'd just be chilling out saying, get off. My-. Never mind. Uh, yeah. Get, get off my lawn, you kids. <laughs> Back in my day, we were. No. No. I, that, that's what I'd be saying. You know what? Yeah. He's the only person that can actually say back in my day, and it'd be the absolute truth. Yeah, yes. It would be. <laughs> yes. It would be. <laughs> I don't know what we're yelling about. I don't know what his hearing's like, but hopefully it's fine. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right. That's awesome. You said we're going to get a little serious. Yeah, we're a little bit serious. I I mean, I don't want to be be a whole bummer, but I think this is an important topic because, um, and I'll share some statistics with you in a little bit, but we're going to talk about suicide prevention. Mm -hmm. So long story short, and again, without giving up, because of course, all my clients' information is confidential, but in general, I had a situation this week where I had to to refer somebody, Mm. I I had to get them into the hospital uh, because there was risk of self-harm. Right. And, and this is a situation with therapists that does come up. It, it'll come up occasionally. Mm-hmm. I've had in 30 years, oh, I, have to, I have to think back. I think three, three clients in 30 years have, have passed away due to suicide. Ugh, that's, uh. and, and it doesn't sound like a lot, but every one of those were very, I don't know, they're very sad stories. Because, again, they leave behind family and kids and parents and right. siblings and 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 spouses even in, in some cases. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to give you some statistics that might be surprising in some ways. So according to the centers for disease control, uh, suicide was the 10th leading cause of death overall in the United States. 
Um, what year? This this data was compiled in 19. That was the last okay. time they've done a full. Okay. Yeah, for 2019. So a year or so old, but probably still relevant. Um, claiming lives of over 47,500 people. Hmm. Uh, suicide was the second leading cause of death among individuals between the ages of 10 and 34. Wow, that's young. Yeah, and the, that's the second leading cause of death. And I'm wondering what the first would be. Um, it would have to be maybe auto accidents. I, I'm guessing because they didn't give like they didn't right. break down the other causes. But okay. um, there were nearly two and a half times as many suicides in the United States as there were homicides. Mm. So suicides forty seven thousand five eleven, homicides nineteen thousand one forty one. Wow. So I mean, and and. You know, if you live in a major city like Detroit, mm-hmm. Chicago, New York, any any city that that is is a major uh, has a major urban area, yeah, major metropolitan, you're going to have crime area. issues. It mm-hmm. it goes along with the with every city that's mm-hmm. that large, mm-hmm. and and you think about you hear about all these shootings and people dying and being killed, and and think about that that suicide is double that, mm-hmm. and you double don't, what you're hearing about every day, and, and you, you don't, don't hear about those. and you don't hear about it, right. right? You do hear about some. I mean, especially like. You know, typically, when, especially when celebrities like mm-hmm. Robin Williams is the big one that I think of right away. Right. Um, and, and other ones that that could have been, but not um, like um, Chris Cornell from um, um, Soundgarden. Soundgarden. Mm-hmm. I, although that could have been a drug overdose, but was it intentional? You know, right. it's things like that. So, um, so it is kind of shocking that that suicide happens twice as, as often as homicides. Mm-hmm. Um, more than more than twice it's like almost like two to one um in 2019 the most common method used in suicide deaths were firearms Mm. accounting for over half of all suicide deaths totaling 23,941 so so again those are just some statistics and that that it's um it's something that happens it's something that's affected a lot of people and i've had numerous clients over the years that have been in that situation of, of thinking, thinking about suicide. Mm. So I'm going to lay out a, and and this is very kind of subjective on my part, like just from my experience in 30 years of seeing people as a therapist, I, I would dare to say that most everyone has thought about that at one time or another. Okay. I think that's fair to say. Just according to my experience, I think almost everyone has at least thought about it in their head. Oh, what would have, I shouldn't be here. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I don't, I want it to end. Whatever, whatever time, whatever kind of framing you want to put on it. My folks might be better off without me here. Yeah. Things deal. like that. Yeah. So, so I, I think that that thought is and and I, and I know that's scary to some people even just to have that fleeting thought, but I think everybody has thought about it at least at least once in their lives. Mm. Um, the issue comes in when it becomes kind of an obsessive thought, and then you start going into the planning stages. Because right. that, that's really where it starts to take shape as, okay, if there's a plan to act, that's a little more in-depth and a little more concerning because mm-hmm. now it, it becomes more real. Right. Rather than just a thought, it starts becoming a possible action. Right. So if, if, you're, if you have a loved one or even you yourself that might be dealing with some of these, I'm, I'm going to give you some symptoms. And of course, they're probably the typical symptoms that people would think they would be that mm-hmm. you can look for if somebody's considering 
um, hurting themselves. Okay. Severe sadness or moodiness. That could be long lasting. It, it could be something, uh, uh, it could come on suddenly. Again, these are very general things, but, but if you put a lot of these together, it starts to, to make sense. Mm-hmm. Feelings of hopelessness about the future like having no confidence that there's nothing better ahead in their lives than there is right now. Uh, sleep problems is a big one. Mm. I have a lot of, and, and a lot of people who suffer from insomnia will tell you at times, it's like, I can't go on like this. Mm. I can't not sleep. Right. Uh, and eventually that will affect your, your mental faculties as well as your physical um, health. Mm-hmm. Um, um, sudden calmness. This sounds a little bit out of the out of the, the realm of the symptoms we're talking about, but a sudden calm after a period of depression or moodiness can be a sign that a person has made a decision, right? And that now they're like, okay, I'm, I made this decision. They feel all sudden calm that right. that's what's going to happen. Uh, social withdrawal, cho- choosing to be alone, avoiding friends or social activities. Mm-hmm. Um, Somebody uh, actually did pop in, is, is being social. Oh, and, it's and, my sister, Amy. Amy popped in to say hello, Hey, David. Amy. Hello, hope you're doing David. well. Yeah, I hope so, too. Hello, yes. David. <laughs> is, that, is that how she said it? <laughs> well, uh, I just thought it's a 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yes. I yes, you. Hal. Yeah. Yeah, thank yeah, you. I got you. Hello, I got David. you. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually, I need to, yeah, we'll come, we'll come back to that. She wants to know how you're doing. I'm doing well. All right. Doing great, Amy. Thanks for checking in. Sorry to interrupt you there. Oh, sorry. no, you're good. Amy's being social. No, so. she is. That, yeah. That's all, that's great. I, I, I want to talk to everybody when we're, you know, <laughs> when we see them pop in. Uh, changes in personality or appearance. Um, you know, a person who's considering suicide might exhibit a change in attitude or behavior. Um, they, become, may, they might become less concerned about personal appearance mm. or, or interactions with other people. Um, dangerous or self-harmful behavior. Now, this would be like risky behaviors, like we would consider like reckless driving, um, promiscuity, increased drug or alcohol use, um, in, in the indications that the person no longer has, has that, they don't, they're not valuing their life and their safety. Okay. That could be another. Putting themselves in harm's symptoms. way. Yes. Okay. A recent trauma or life crisis. Uh, a lot of times a major life, we, we talked a couple of episodes about how to deal with crisis. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't heard, jump back like two episodes, I think, two or three, and you'll find that the two-parter on that. But we talk about how to deal with trauma and crisis that comes up in your life. So a death of a loved one, death of a pet, the end of a relationship or a divorce, mm-hmm. a diagnosis of a major illness, loss of a job, serious financial issues. Th- this is a big one. Over the years, with, with the thousands of clients that I've seen, one of the biggest causes of people kind of having that, I, I just, there's no hope. I can't get out of this. It comes down to financial issues. Mm-hmm. I believe it. And while it is, it, it is something that can be very stressful for people, um, it, it's, it, it's tough to say. To, I mean, and you shouldn't say, oh, well, it's just money. Don't worry about mm-hmm. it. I mean, people would tend to say that, but... That's not what the person's feeling at the time. Mm. So again, trauma or life crises. I think it was CNBC that mm-hmm. said seventy-one uh, percent of Americans list money as their number one stressor. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's valid. It happens. It, it is also probably the number one issues that couples fight about. Mm-hmm. I, I've seen it over and over again. Um, they're not on the same page financially, and it causes conflict. Right. 
people who, who are making preparations, um, people who consider suicide will start to put their personal business in order mm. and make arrangements that things will be taken care of. And that would include visiting friends or family members, giving away possessions, mm. suddenly wanting to get like making a will and finishing that. Mm-hmm. Um, some people will, will make purchases or such as a firearm mm. or you know something else that they could use. Something out of the norm. Yeah, something out of the norm for them. Right. Yep. And again, the big one, and it's very obvious, threatening or talking about it. Mm-hmm. So, so this is this is a big misnomer, or maybe a, a, and I've heard this a lot from general people out there, because because it has come up, especially with with you know my son going through high school, he had a lot of acquaintances and friends, and and he had you know specifically a couple that would they would kind of drop these things like, oh, I should just kill myself or. Mm. And th- there's this, this the, I think a knee-jerk reaction for many people out there is like, oh, they just want attention. Mm-hmm. They're just doing that so that people will feel sorry for them or they'll, right. they'll try to, to get involved with them in some way. Now, I'm not saying that couldn't be accurate, but even just the fact that somebody would say that, mm-hmm. you should be concerned about it. Right. Be- because if you're saying it, you're, you've already thought about it, and that's one step closer to it possibly happening. Mm-hmm. So, so don't dismiss that as attention-seeking behavior, although it could be. It's still a serious issue that you have to take seriously. Sure. Um, sometimes it might not be a direct threat. They, like, like Matt mentioned earlier, a, a statement like, oh, it'd be better if I wasn't around. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and here's the thing. Not everybody, and this is the tough part, not everybody who is considering it will talk about it. And... Not everybody who threatens it will follow through on it, of course. Sure. Um, but every every threat should be taken seriously. I guess that's the big thing. Yeah. So people might say, so what if I have a family member or a spouse or a child who is exhibiting some of these symptoms? So let me go through, and I'm going to give you some some, some tips on people who are feeling suicidal. Um, Alan actually checked Alan. in. Yep, and, hey, um, Alan. Hey, Alan. You're, you're frozen. O- you're frozen over there. But he says, "Hey, happy rain-free Friday, gents." Yep. Speaking of golf, though, he actually caddied for the Dalai Lama once, and the uh, Dalai Lama tried to stiff him on stiff the tip. him on the tip. Yeah, can you believe That's that? Crazy! I cannot believe that. <laughs> oh, I'm very important. Uh, <laughs> I have many leather-bound books, and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. <laughs> There it is. There you go, Alan. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Friday, Alan. Thanks for checking in as usual. Yeah. Alan's my number one fan. <laughs> so let me tell you, folks, if you if you suspect somebody is, it, that means some or or even all of the symptoms I just talked about, what, what do you do? Like, mm-hmm. how do we approach it? Some people are scared to talk about it mm-hmm. because they feel like talking about it might push that agenda forward. If you know what I'm saying, I do, I do. So because it becomes a a prevalent thought, and a lot of people don't want to talk about it because it is a scary thing to talk about, and they and again they don't want to entertain it with the person who might be at risk of that. Mm-hmm. So again, you might feel uncomfortable and you might not know what to say, but there are important things that that you can do, and I'm going to give you some things that you should not do. Okay, go for it. So so here's some things that you should probably try to do. Let them know that you care about them and they're not alone. And you don't have to say that in regards to like, don't, 
don't hurt yourself because I care. I mean, just say it in general. I, yeah, I care about you. People care about you. Um, you're not alone. I can help with you. Uh, empathize with them. I mean, say something like, I can't imagine how painful this is for you, but but I want to understand what you're going through. Sure. At least it gives them a, a, somebody to, to kind of interact with at that point. Don't be judgmental. Here's the biggest thing. And, and I've seen this over and over again, especially with parents towards kids. It could happen anyway, but they'll be like, why would you be so stupid? Why would you even say that? And all of a sudden you're discounting the person's feelings. Right. You're not trying to understand what they're doing. If you criticize somebody and blame them for thinking this, now they're not going to be as open with you. And that sets up a, ser- a scenario where, okay, they're, they're not going to, they're not going to be honest anymore because they don't want to be judged. Hmm. Um, repeating words back to them, reflecting what they're saying and rewording it back to them so they know you're trying to understand or can see where they're coming from. The other thing that does is when you when you reflect back, they're hearing the same words they're saying coming back to them and it, that that sometimes will be like, "Whoa." Right. That sounds much different when somebody when I hear it back than when I'm thinking it and saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, ask the person if they felt like this before. And and say, say, oh, what did, has this happened before? How did you get through it then? Well, you know, what what are some things that worked before? Um, encourage them to focus on the present. Now we talked about mindfulness some episodes back, mm-hmm. and say, hey, listen, let, let's let's just focus on right now. What we what can we do today to help? And let's not worry about what's going to happen nine months or a year from now. Let's just talk about today. Um, Encourage them to seek help. That's always, of course, anybody who's in that mindset needs to be talking to someone. Right. Preferably a professional. That that would be ideal. Um, and if they're un, if they're if they're unwilling to do that, again, make it an encouragement. I, I never put somebody in a spot where you're demanding something or or, or giving an ultimatum. Right. Because they're they're not going to respond to that. Um, Make sure that somebody is with this person if you feel like they're in imminent danger. Like if you feel like they are definitely going to do something, mm. you want to make sure they're not alone. Um, and, and the important thing is if you're experiencing this with, with a family member or a friend or somebody close to you is to get help for yourself. Mm. So that's a tough thing to deal with. Right. Um, so the statement I made before, a lot of people are resistant to talk about it because they don't want to, they don't want to say the word even. They don't want to even say suicide because they think that's going to drive somebody further. But, but I'm going to tell you that here's some questions to ask and you need to be direct about this. Are you thinking about suicide? Have you thought about ending your life? Hmm. I, I mean, you have to be very clear and direct when you ask these questions because you need to know. And, and most of the time people won't be that direct with somebody. Sure. And, and the, the person kind of might want to talk about it, but, but they don't want to bring it up themselves. So a direct question enables them to say yes or no. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and at least you'll know where they're at. Closed-ended questions. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So again, your responses might be, and again, these are, these, are not the good, these are not the great responses. Try to find an easy solution. Because to them, there, there's no easy solution. And that will seem trite and cliche. Uh, tell them to cheer up, pull themselves together, snap out of it. That That's not going to help. Change the subject and avoid talking about it, which, again, doesn't help either. Um, tell them they have no reason to feel like that. Again, you're discounting feelings. Um, tell them they should be grateful for having a good life. I, but they don't feel that. Right. If they felt that, they wouldn't be going through what they're going through. It's tough, and it's tough as a 
person to remember, you know, to not say certain things because mm-hmm. you're the you're emotional as well. Oh, absolutely. You're, and, you're you're scared and reacting yourself. Right. So and it's tough for someone that has not been through that or has ever mm-hmm. experienced it before to not right. say those things. Absolutely. So. so how do we keep people safe when they're when they're in this state? Talking to them is the big thing. Don't leave somebody alone. Um, help, encourage them to get professional help. That That's the biggest thing you could do. Mm-hmm. Is let them talk. Talk with them. Show that you care. Don't leave them alone. Encourage them to get professional help. Create a crisis plan. And this is something where you say, okay, if you, if you ever consider that you're going to take the next step, I want you to talk to me first. It's the same thing we do in therapy. We always make a crisis plan with a client who's at risk of hurting themselves. Okay. We always make them commit to it. And it's something you will say, hey, listen, you need to promise me that you're going to do this. And, and this sounds silly, but in some odd way, they feel obligated once they've made that promise mm-hmm. to follow that plan. Right. Because they've promised you. And, and, and I know people could just lie and say, yeah, I'll do it. And that's possible. But you're giving them another, another, another avenue of accountability before they move forward. Sure. And again, if there's... Um, you know, if, if you really feel like there's a threat, remove any any items that, again, typically would be firearms right. if they have access to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, crisis plan, remove objects, tell them you're there, and again, encourage professional help. So, And that's the biggest thing. If anybody's thinking about it, they, they really need to be talking to someone. If they're unwilling to and you think there's a real threat, you know, at that point, it's it's protecting the person and... It may be the point where you'd have to call 911 if you thought there was a serious threat and you needed to take action to save this person. Right. Um, I know that's a difficult thing and you feel like you're you're betraying them in a way. And we're going to address a little bit more of that context as far as, okay, well, what if I need to call? What what is that process like? What happens? Mm -hmm. You know, what will happen to, to my loved one or my friend or my family member if I do that? Are they going to be angry with me? Mm-hmm. We're going to cover that next time because we're going to talk about um, mandated reporters. And also this fits into this step as far as what if I need to call on, on a friend or family member who is suicidal? What? Okay. How does that whole process work? Okay. Yeah, that's what we're going to cover next time. But the big thing to take away from today, look at the show notes, go over it. I'll list all of the things we talked about. But the important thing is if you're feeling this way or you know somebody who is, it's some, you get professional help and don't wait because it, it – you don't want that that to digress into an area where you're now taking action to hurt yourself. Right. Um, Festering. Yes. Yeah. And, 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 it, and if, if it'll just continue to get worse if you don't address it now. Mm. So definitely seek out professional help. And, um, you know, if, if you have any specific questions, hit me up on social media. I'd be glad to answer them. I mean, I can't go into, you know, spend hours with you, but I can make referrals or, or do whatever. Even if you're not in the Detroit area, we can find some help for you. Oh, love that. Absolutely. Thanks for that. All right, folks. So we will be back next episode with um, a mandated reporting or helping somebody who might be suicidal. What does that process look like? And that way it'll give you a little bit more peace about how that may go. Okay. In the meantime, change your thinking, change your life, laugh hard, run fast, be kind. We will see you next time.